When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show, and thank you very much for joining us. I think you're going to enjoy this uh, show. We've got uh, some interesting things to cover, some things to tell you that you're not going to get. I'm not going to say anywhere else, but most other places. Now, you're probably going to get it on ABC with my colleagues, but you're sure not going to get it on what is now the growing uh, media that's behind the wall of silence uh, set up by, uh, well, set up by the regime. We live in a country that now is more similar to a communist Nazi-type company, a country, and it's very instructive to talk to people who lived in such countries, like my daughter-in-law. My son doesn't talk about it that much, but I'm actually going to convince him to see if he can get Zavilli to come on and tell you about her history in Lithuania before it turned free. And she's a very little girl when that happened. But uh, also, you know, getting the stories from her father and mother. And Lithuania wasn't bad. I mean, you know, it was bad, but it wasn't the worst. Uh, It was a little out of the main orbit of the Soviet crackdown. But, you know, religion, you had to go hide. Uh, You you couldn't decide what you wanted to be. They did. They took the, the state took over you, not your parents. Uh huh. They're trying to do that, right? Right? Isn't that what McCall said? Parents don't know anything about education. And then when you hear these phonies on TV, they'll say, "Well, you know, the teachers know much more about educating children than the parents." No, they don't. No, they don't. The, the teachers know the academic subjects; they don't know the students. And students acquire knowledge in different ways, and the parents are much more akin, even just uh, instinctively, to that. But uh, enough of that. I'm going to throw you a curveball right now, and I'm going to tell you, um, and I'm I'm inspired somewhat by the New York Post agreeing with me. We've been having a couple of disagreements. You know, I I put a a tweet in the other day when um, when, uh, uh, Kennedy, I don't know if he announced or he announced his, his, um, he announced his, uh, chief of staff or whatever, but I, but I put a tweet in on him saying, you know, watch out. This guy could, this guy could, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to write, I don't want to write now say get the nomination, but he's sure going to make it interesting. And he's going to do the one thing that you should do, even if you don't get the nomination, which is to raise issues. And then finally, I would not count him out for the nomination. I know a lot of people would. You haven't listened to him. And I read his book about a year ago. You probably remember. I've talked about it a lot. And then I read it, parts of it again. And I read his book for s- several reasons. I read his book because, like a good lawyer, he documents what he says. And I have to tell you, I have not caught him in a mistake, lie, uh, with regard to the conspiracy surrounding the pandemic. And it is a conspiracy. Uh, he suffers from having had a history of a certain number of conspiracies that some people agree with, some people doubt, um, probably an excessive objection to vaccines. 
which I don't share. I mean, I, I, I do with this one. How about it's not a vaccine? <laughs> I think of a vaccine as the polio vaccine. You take it, you don't get it. I don't think of a vaccine as you take it and then four months later, you got to take it again. And then four months later, again and again and again. I see that as a uh, cash machine rather than a vaccine. <laughs> and I think Kennedy, if you read his book, makes it pretty damn clear. Follow the money and you can figure out who the crooks were during the pandemic. And uh, very hard on Fauci. Very hard and appropriately so. We still don't know. <clears throat> we still don't know what the royalties were that Fauci was getting. If those royalties were coming from those companies, then we got a real criminal there. And in any event, we got a guy who was lying his backside off. Uh, most of the time, what he told you was contradicted two to three times. He brings that all out very, very well, very well written, very well argued, and very courageously. That alone, you know, puts him in a category where you say, well, would he be an alternative to Trump in kicking around the, uh, the, the deep state? Uh, because he seems to be the only one really talking about the deep state, except Trump. Um, he, he, here are the things he would do that I would agree with, and then I'll tell you the things that would worry me. He, he, he has vowed to seal the border because it's a humanitarian death trap. And as the Post points out here, you can't have a country if you can't protect your borders. First of all, he just established he's an American, unlike so many others that don't seem like they're Americans. He, uh, uh, he objects and, um, and goes into some detail about wildly printing money. That's, that's the sole reason we are where we are. Biden wildly printing money. It's a, a very uh, nice and, and uh, succinct way of explaining, you know, deep, difficult economic problems. Because when you do that in an economy as complicated as ours, you create deep problems. And he says the inflation that it's going to cause is uh, basically a, a redistribution of money from the poor to the rich, which is and a killer on the middle class. Not so much the poor who don't pay taxes, but the middle class and the lower class, they do pay taxes. He sees the COVID response as just a complete assault on constitutional rights and government censorship. And he's particularly offended by the shutdown of churches. And he's the only Democrat that has said the following. The during report is an appalling expose of FBI malfeasance. That's a lot of guts for a Democrat. Now, we have the history of him with uh, what uh, the Post points out are the other things on the other side. He thinks that neocons are responsible for America's policy ills. Completely. I mean, uh, they have made some mistakes, but I mean, by and large, America's policy ills have to do with and, and uh, um, really the movement toward communism, which organizes almost everything that's wrong with us. You, all you have to do is read... Um, Marx, and, it, and it's a prediction of where we are today, you know, destroy love for country, destroy culture, destroy religion, destroy the influence of parents, uh, and, and, and destroy morality. All of that as part of a plan to drive us uh, away from our democratically elected government, our government with a set of values based on God, not man, something more important than the state, and making the, state, making the state God, which then makes the Communist Party God, 
And then it makes the people who are the upper echelon of the Communist Party our new rulers, multimillionaire and billionaire movers. You look at, you look at Patrice, uh, Patrice Colors, who's one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, who proudly explains that she is a well-trained Marxist. She's also a, uh, a gender activist, uh, kind of a wild, out-of-control lesbian gender activist before that, which is also part of their plan. I mean, screw, screw them up completely, screw them up on uh, their relationship with their country, their relationship with their parents, and their relationship with themselves. Now you've got a great, great opportunity for a communist takeover. That's what's going on. I don't know if he sees it. That would be very important in the next president that he see it. There's some hope in his book, and I'm going to get his book out this week, and I'm going to read you some things in it. There is some hope in, in, in the book that he does see that. Uh, way, way out there on the environment would have to rein that in unless that would bankrupt us. I mean, that would, that, a lot of the wild and crazy spending are the wild and crazy environmental ideas. And if you don't rein those ideas in to a much more scientific, sensible approach instead of approaching it like an, a, a hysterical religion, we're going to go bankrupt. And his activism against all vaccines. I don't buy the fact that all vaccines are necessarily bad. I do buy the, the, the notion that some are and that, I, and that the system is corrupt enough so they don't make a distinction between the two. So it can be an interesting candidacy. I have had people object to me about the way he talks as some kind of reflection. You know, we've got one, you know, dotty president. We don't need another. There's nothing wrong with his intellect. I've spent time talking to him quite a bit, and I've read his book, and, you know, you might say, well, somebody wrote I don't think somebody wrote it for him, by the way, but in any event, if you talk to him, you can see he's got a very, very fine intellect, and that's uh, just a, a physical thing. Uh, the main story today is about um, uh, Epstein extorting Gates, but unless there's more to this, this is much ado about nothing. It looks like, looks like Gates did the right thing. He told Epstein to go to hell and didn't, didn't succumb to the to the uh, shakedown where uh, this creep Epstein was going to put out the fact that uh, Gates was having a, an affair with a young girl, but an, a girl of age and consensual. So, okay, <laughs> this might be one of the few legal things that Epstein did, but not, not, well, not the shakedown. And, and then uh, Gates never did what Epstein forced him to do. Uh, so at this point, unless there's more to this, I mean, there is the suggestion that if you spend a lot of time with this guy and you've been in his house a lot or you've gone to the island, it's hard not to know what his main thing was. I mean, you're going to see it. You're going to see it all around. And uh, then if you keep doing it, why are you doing it? Are you a voyeur or do you like it yourself? Question never asked of Bill Clinton which should be asked, right? Because he was doing it for years. And Bill Clinton was on that plane 27 times. I don't know, where were the little girls in the bathroom? Hidden for the entire trip? Where were they on the island? Hidden so nobody ever saw them? Maybe, but shouldn't he be asked? No, we can't bother Bill. No, no, no. So Biden and McCarthy are going to meet on the dead. I don't know what good, 
was to meet with Biden. He changes his mind every day. A couple of days ago, he was going to try to hold spending down. Now he says under no circumstances, and he doubts that they're going to have an agreement, and he's t- solely blameless. He's already announced it. He has, is solely blameless for the uh, shutdown, which, he, which is his signal to the press to write that. That's his signal to his dominated state-controlled press to write that he's solely blameless. He, he is far from being solely blameless. He's the total cause of it. He's the one who spent all that money. And it's ridiculous amounts. And all McCarthy wants to do is put a, a stop to it and, and get some control over it with what are um, suggestions that don't go anywhere near as far as the more conservative Republicans would like, but which the re- conservative Republicans, in deference to the good of the country, are willing to, uh, to compromise about. He is not willing to compromise at all, I think. Depends on the day, and it depends on if he knows what he's negotiating about. We are going to take a short break, and when we uh, come back, uh, let's talk about the new entry in the presidential race, Senator Scott, and then the whole thing. I mean, what does, what does it all mean, and, and, and where does Kennedy stand? America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And, you know, I'm very, very upset with the fact that this Neely family, who I know we, 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 we express a, a condolences to, and it's a shame that Neely died. And, but let's face it, he was the aggressor. The guy, the, the, this is a terrible, terrible loss. Well, of course it is. Human life is always a terrible loss. But when you get beyond the fact that human life is always a terrible loss, you got a human life that had 45 arrests. You have a human life that was beating the hell out of people. And you have a human life where we're only fortunate they didn't kill somebody. And who knows if he may have. And he was taking the jacket off after, after and, and he wasn't an aggressor. He was throwing things at people. What's that? It's called assault. I mean, I love these liberals. They say, he was not an aggressor. He used to imitate, used to imitate Michael Jackson. Yeah, why by throwing garbage at people and beating the living daylights out of a six-seven-year-old woman and kicking an old man in the stomach and kidnapping a child? Well, maybe that one. He was Michael Jackson. I mean, come on! And he almost threw somebody on a platform the day before. So let's get real. Let's tell the truth. Let's not go into this. You know, George Floyd should take the place of George Washington. It's a shame what happened. To- George Floyd, but George Floyd also had a the kind of background you would not your you want you don't want your child to emulate George Floyd. You don't want your child to emulate this Neely guy and have forty five arrests, right? And it's a tragedy what happened to them, but these are not people deserving of a status where they are heroes, and we we're asking our children to use them as models of what of trying to kill old people. But the family now wants the two people that assisted Neely prosecuted for murder. Where the hell did they come off saying that? Maybe somebody should ask them, what the hell did you do about him? You tell us he was very dangerous and very bad, but I, I, we never saw you go to court saying he should be put in involuntarily. Did you? I don't know. Tell me if you did. Why don't we talk about that a little? I mean, you're complaining now, but what, the guy was walking around the streets. He had no place to live. How come he wasn't living with you? 
wouldn't you take your brother in? Or wouldn't you arrange for, for, for mandatory care for them? Sure you would. But, you know. And would you have invited someone who had no idea who your brother was, never met him, never talked to him to do the eulogy at his funeral? I don't know. I don't think I'd do that, would you? I sure wouldn't be Al Sharpton. Not unless you want to send send the signal you're looking for money. Right? Isn't that what Al's there for? How many how many eulogies has Al done for people he doesn't know? Just completely comes in out of nowhere. And it's a um it's what Al does. He shakes down for race. And of course he made a he made he made the whole thing racial. And the family created that by inviting him. So, you know, look, I feel sorry for them. But I also am going to point out that what they're asking for now with these two people, other, two other people being prosecuted is outrageous. Uh, Mr. Penny should be given an award, not an indictment. And who knows how many lives he saved, either that day or in the future. I wish he was on other trains with other people who've been seriously injured and killed. Because unfortunately, we're not giving people under Adams and Hokopoko the security they used to have in this city. Well, the uh, race is getting interesting with, with Tim Scott coming in. Uh, DeSantis, DeSantis is, um, well, you know, I, I mentioned Robert Kennedy Jr. And, you know, there are a lot of controversial things about Robert Kennedy Jr., as there are, about, I guess, about everybody. But, but um, he's doing better than DeSantis. Now, you don't know that, but, I mean, of course, the press doesn't point it out. But we'll, we'll, we'll go into that, and we'll go into DeSantis, and, and, and we'll get to your questions, because I see you're pretty interested in all this. We'll be right back. Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. It's Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani show. So uh, Scott made a very impassioned um, entry today in the race. Uh, I thought it was it was a, a little long, but a good speech and a smart one. He's he's running against DeSantis, no doubt about it. And so is at this point Nikki Haley. And. Um, Probably everybody else who enters. I, I don't think they're, they're, I mean, Sanders is in their way in taking on Trump. And the smartest thing with Trump is to hope, from their point of view, that he beats himself. You, you, I'm not sure you can beat Trump as a Republican. Uh, he, the only way, only way Trump would not be the Republican nominee is if he beat himself. But if you go directly after him, which is what DeSantis has done to some extent, you're going to have happened to you what's happened to you. He was the, wasn't really a dominating front runner, but in some polls, half of them, maybe less than half, maybe more than half, he had a lead of, you know, four or five points. Few he was behind four or five points. You could say he was effectively ahead two months ago or even. Now, on the Democratic side, Robert Kennedy Jr. has a bigger number than DeSantis. 
and a much easier race because he's got a single shot right at the front runner. Whereas DeSantis is confused with numerous other candidates in the race. So every poll that comes out has bare minimum a 25 to 28 percent spread between between Trump and uh, and DeSantis. The recent Harris poll is what 30, 30 points, right? Yep, 30 point difference. Uh, then you go to the you government poll, and that's a 30 point difference. The premise poll is a 42 point difference. I mean, these are on, these aren't real numbers. Rasmussen poll. Oh, my goodness. Rasmussen out here. This is one where DeSantis is running below Kennedy by quite a bit. And he's losing by about 45%. So then you have the people behind him, like, you know, and they're all substantially behind. Pence, for a while, uh, had like, you know, 10. I, I don't, I, some of these polls, nobody else is in double digits but, but, but him. He's the only one in double digits. So I don't know what kind of shot they have, but their shot's going to be at him. Try to take him down so that they can become the credible uh, alternative to Donald Trump. Whereas uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has that position already. So let's see what happens. And of course, it is all premised on something big doesn't happen one way or the other. The other thing you can say is so far, the Democrats, I think, <laughs> have put Trump in his commanding position. It isn't, it isn't um, his campaign hasn't even really taken off except to raise a lot of money. He did, what, one town hall meeting, maybe two? It has to be that the reason for this is the persecution. I think people have had enough of it. Uh, the, <laughs> in a way, it's hard to take, but... He should encourage them to do, do more. Go after me some more. I'll, I'll get 100%. I mean, they've been too obvious in what they're doing, and they are too obviously afraid of him as president. And since they are a corrupt party, and we now know it, why do you think they're afraid of him? So let's go to, uh, let's go to um, uh, Andrew and Stanhope. Hey, Rudy Kennedy, he's the Catherine Hepburn of politics. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Tell me why Catherine Hepburn. I love old actors and actresses. Because she has that voice. You know, oh, yes, yes, the voice, the voice. <laughs> and I'm not making fun of but, his voice. No, I'm but she's, he's, he's not. A, he's, she was, she's kind of attractive in her own way. Right. And also the problem that I have with him is that he's like an out-of-touch elite white liberal, but more specifically, the Iraq war. Oh, yeah. He always says the neocons, meaning new conservatives, but it was the Democrats supported it, too. And even before George Bush, before 9-11, Kennedy was, a, I mean, um, John Kerry, senator, I saw him on C-SPAN waving his arms, flipping out, like promoting invading Iraq. So they were equally into it, other than Bernie Sanders. So it's not just the neocons. So he always bumps those two things up. He says something bad about the Democrats, and so I don't like 
that he says. Oh, that. I don't like it either. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, um, introducing him as a candidate that I'm going to endorse. I'm, I'm laying out the interesting proposition that he's running about as strong, if not stronger, against Biden than DeSantis is against uh, Trump. And DeSantis has spent enormous amounts of money, and Kennedy hasn't spent anywhere near that. And Kennedy has a clear shot at Biden, whereas DeSantis's situation is co- complicated by the five other people in the race. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't become a factor. You're right. Clinton was asked once about Epstein Island, and he actually said <laughs> that he doesn't sleep with the underage prostitutes. He's just friends with the guy that owns it, which is a lie, but almost as bad. It's like, imagine telling your wife, oh, I just, I'm friends with this guy that has an island and he has underage prostitutes. I'm just friends with the guy. <laughs> I, I take my vacations there. So literally, that was his answer, that he's just friends with the where, guy that owns where did, you, where did you find that? It was a long time ago, but Clinton, if you search it, it'll probably, he said he's just friends with the guy that owns it. <laughs> well, he sure was friends. The guy loved him. He did paintings of him and has him up on the wall there with that, I don't know, the paintings almost look like they're, you know, pornographic paintings of Biden. I mean, of of of, uh, of Clinton. Terrible. Okay, let's go to Jimmy. I think he has something on this subject also. Yes, Robert Kennedy Jr. was a lawyer for many years. Somebody told me 30 years. I don't know if it's 30 years. Oh, on and off, on and off, you know. Well, the radical group is Enviro Leninist group. It's National Resources Defense Council. Oh, sure, yeah. So in a Soviet publication, which I read, Sputnik Magazine, Digest of the Soviet Press, there was an article in there by one of the top people from that group, National Resource Defense Council. Listen to this. National Resource Defense Council wrote an article in that Soviet publication against the U.S. Navy using sonar. Now, for people don't, that don't know, sonar is like radar, but only below ground, underwater. Now, why would the Soviets want an article like that in their publication? Well, our sonar tracks Soviet subs. So National Resource Defense Council wrote the article saying, and it might be true that the, the sonar upsets the whale's communications, but a Soviet publication having that, they want more to stop using sonar because we track their subs. Also, National Resource Defense Council and another Soviet publication, one of their top scientists, Thomas Cochran, was writing against America's nuclear weapons. Okay, and there's a third one. I have a flyer for an anti-nuclear protest. On the flyer, you have National Council American-Soviet Friendship Committee, which is a KGB front right. group, working together with the Soviet ambassador and uh, against American nuclear power. So it's three different instances where that group that Kennedy was a key lawyer for was working well, with I don't the Well, I don't think you're going to have any problem finding stuff like that on Kennedy. So the point that I was trying to make, however, is he has these other positions that are making him popular right now, and they're very similar to Trump positions, which is interesting. And they're very very similar to Trump positions. Too much money has been spent. We have censorship. The the whole uh, Democratic Party is corrupt. So how far is that going to go? I I mean, I don't think he's going to get the nomination. But how much damage is he going to do? I mean, if you think about it, in 1980, 
his uncle did uh, significant damage to Jimmy Carter that helped to elect Ronald Reagan. And his uncle had his own problems, too. So I'm not endorsing him. I'm just pointing out, I think, it'll, I think this will be a meaningful candidacy. It's not going to be whack time candidacy because he's not emphasizing the wacky issues. He's very carefully staying away from them. He, I mean, he may be cognizant of the fact that he's got to make a change or at least maybe a real one or maybe one, you know, for the campaign. And that shows that he's a pretty sharp politician if he's doing that. I also think getting Kucinich was a smart thing. Kucinich also has the problem of having had a lot of crazy ideas. But he also has a, 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 he has a feel for the Trump constituency. In fact, he even said some very uh, uh, auditory things about Trump when he was first elected. And, he, and said, as a Democrat, I hope he succeeds. My God, I'm surprised he didn't string him up. Uh, so I just am saying this is an interesting race to look at. Anytime you want to bring up the, his connection with the communists, you're certainly willing to do it. But I'd also like you to look at the stuff in his book about the anti-communism that he's written about. Uh, it's fascinating. It almost sounds like he got it from his grandfather. And you would understand what I'm saying more than most people would when I, when I, when I say that. Let's go to uh, Tony in Clifton. Oh, hello, my favorite mayor. How are you, Tony? Good. Thank you for taking my call. So I have been sort of building up sort of a portfolio of, th- of things I want to say about President Biden, who I call President Benedict Biden, because like Benedict Arnold, who started off slow, and he was in trouble for stealing and, and, and corruption, and then he still got ahead, he messed around, and then what did he want to do? Sell out West Point. So when I looked at President Biden, a nobody, fresh, I don't even want to say the color, he's come up ahead, he's very corrupt. His corruption is 360 from the budget, because I heard you play that, to right. not going along with the budget. I think it's all connected. When we look at him, we see everything separate. But he is sold out our country from the border. He's getting money from that end. From the policy, he's getting money from that end. And when you think of what's going on in New York City, the Roosevelt Hotel, can I just tell you, that was named. Oh, I have have something from Curtis on the Roosevelt Hotel, but go ahead. But let me tell you. That hotel was named after Theodore Roosevelt, who was governor of New York, who was president and who had the tightest immigration policy. And now, as sort of a mocking, he's made that hotel his humanitarian center. But President President, um, Roosevelt, do you know? had many things he put into our immigration policy, meaning if you had any ties to any kind of corruption, you could not get in. If you didn't want to come into this country and speak English, right. you could not come in. Okay, but well, we let me, let me tell you about the Roosevelt Hotel. So the Roosevelt Hotel has been around for a long time. It's a Republican hotel. Uh, I think Theodore Roosevelt may have used it uh, for his victory party when he became president of the United States. Not, not on McKinley's death, but when he won it. 
I used it for my victory party when I won the Republican nomination in 1989 for uh, mayor of New York. And I won 70-30 over Ron Lauder. And he spent $17 million and I spent one. And that's what convinced me that I was not too bad. <laughs> and then I went on to have my defeat party there when I lost to David Dinkins by a hair. And that was the headquarters of the Manhattan Republican Party. It was Tom Dewey's headquarters. I think that's probably where the Dewey-Truman thing played out. Uh, it was the scene, as Greg uh, Kelly last night on his show uh, played a nice clip from Wall Street in which uh, Gecko, you know, the, the, the main character, gave his uh, greed is good speech. And that's a movie partially based on, on me, on, on what I did with, um, with uh, Wall Street, partially based on me, not completely. Uh, just like billions is probably one third based on me. Sometime I'll give you the movies and I'll tell you what's wrong with them and what's right with them and the few that are actually right on target. Uh, but in in any event, it's a, it's a great hotel. It's a great old hotel. Somebody last night, my, one of my friends last night on Newsmax was referring to it as a, as a, as a, as a uh, flea bag hotel. It is not a flea bag hotel. I mean, until recently, I wouldn't call it top end. At one time it was, but you know, at least medium end. And I know the Pakistanis were trying to sell it because I had a friend from Paris who was interested in it and wanted my help. And then the pandemic happened and boom, that went away. Uh, so they were looking to sell it or somebody's looking to sell it. Now, here's the issue. I think that that contract's a $200 million contract. Do you think in a city in New York, $200 million contracts are given up with no bid? Do you think they're ever honest? You don't think uh, you should take a good look at where the money's going with this uh, um, homeless thing? Look at the scandal they had before Adams' election with uh, the guy that supported Adams uh, that runs numerous homeless facilities in Brooklyn, and he feeds them, you know, food with lice in them. Oh, by the way, he, uh, this guy gets the money four million, five million, six million, and here's how he uh, here how here's how first of all he pays himself a million dollars. Then he has to have security for his homeless facilities. His brother owns the security company. He's a silent owner. Uh, his wife owns the, uh, owns the catering uh, business and so on and so on. So he gets kickbacks from all that. I mean, they've been doing this since I prosecuted the Model Cities Administration case in 1970-71, which is why I left the Democratic Party. This is tailor-made. This money that he's putting into homelessness, this is tailor-made for the Democratic crooks. Nobody will look at it, though, because we got a Democrat in charge, and the Justice Department is more corrupt than it's ever been, at least, I think, in history. We'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, and uh, I am back with the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers. I never tire of doing this because it's, to my mind, one of the most important things we do on this show, and that is to ask you to donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers that builds homes for the catastrophically injured uniform members who get that way because they are serving us and protecting our lives. And 
that buys, uh, uh, pays off the mortgages for the families who lose their loved ones as a result of that same service. Now, how can you say no to that? You can't. So just send in your $11 check. You'll have so much respect for yourself doing it. You understand what I mean, right? Please, do this for me. Mostly, do it for your country. And even more importantly, do it for yourself. Well, the contract I was uh, talking about, which has been uncovered by Nancy Slewer, which is uh, Curtis's wife, who's a very fine lawyer, you should know, and uh, obviously has uh, in common with Curtis that they have this uh, affinity for uh, just hating uh, dishonesty and corruption and crime, and just like I do. Well, the hotel, uh, the hotel uh, Roosevelt, from the best we can tell, is being leased out for two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. They're making nothing on it right now. Being leased out for two hundred and twenty-five million dollars for three years in a thousand rooms. They had said eight hundred, but a thousand rooms, and they're going to put the homeless people right in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, great. They'll just be a few blocks from where they can steal all sorts of jewelry on Forty Seventh Street. Should be fun for them. Now, when I say that, you're going to say. Oh, these are, you're, you're being so unfair. You don't like immigrants. You don't like migrants. You don't, oh, bull. I took care of a lot of immigrants when I was mayor of New York City. I had 400,000 illegals in the city. I didn't have this trouble because I dealt with it sensibly because I have a brain, unlike the guy in, the, in, the, in, 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 in uh, Gracie Mansion now. And I'll go through my policy sometime, but they cured the city of homelessness. And it stayed that way until de Blasio came around. The, 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 the idea of this is crazy. There's going to be kickback money going all around the city based on this bullshit. A bull. There's going to be a kickback money going around like crazy. Billions? You think the crooks in New York aren't get their hands on billions? What do you think? What do you think? You think the city's honest? Do you really think the major part of the Democratic leadership in this city is honest? Well, if they are, they, they, uh, they must have had uh, some kind of a, um, uh, a conversion uh, that I was unaware of. Uh, but somehow it doesn't account for all the money that's missing that went to Mrs. de Blasio. Uh, that's essentially the same kind of deal, right? She was going to help with the homeless. Except that I mean, she sent out cards to them saying, Uh, And mentally ill. Don't be depressed. And somehow there's like all kinds of hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions that are unaccounted for. We're going to get into this in more uh, in more detail. And Nancy's going to come up with plenty. I have a feeling. Watch the money.